Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Question Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. Please visit my website at www.concussiontalk.com and visit me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Concussion Talk. And please visit my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Concussion Talk. Thanks. And now, this is uh, the, all that out of the way. This is a uh, Episode 41 of Concussion Talk Podcast, and I'm with, with uh, Katie Winton, and Katie is back home in Scotland now, is that that's right? And, uh, yeah, back home in Scotland. And Katie is an enduro mountain bike racer, and she she races for the Trek Factory Racing TFR enduro team, and so Katie, uh, I guess two part three part question really who is katie winton first of all and uh second then then uh can you also uh, just explain to people who, although you have lots of fans as you did place third last year in and land 2017 in, overall in your in the in draw world series as you place you placed third last year um you, you have lots of fans not everyone not listening to this podcast knows what draw racing is so could you just tell everyone who katie is and what in what indoor racing and mountain indoor racing round mountain bike is? Yeah, no, it's that. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I you've done a good job of explaining who I am. I'm just a enduro mountain bike racer from Scotland. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm 25 years old. If that helps anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, the enduro is a discipline in mountain biking. Um. And essentially, we ride up the hill and race down. And we do several different stages that are predominantly downhill. And then it's the cumulative time of those stages added together. Fastest time wins, essentially. Um, but the transitions, so the climbs between the stages, um, we've got a certain time to be at the top of each stage. So you can't just pootle around. You've got to be at the start for your start time. Otherwise, you get time penalty. So you need to that endurance to last all, all day, but the racing is only on the descent. So sometimes the races can be one day, sometimes they're two days. Um, we also only get one run of practice, so we only get one time down each stage to have a look at it, and then that's it. Um, and we do it all over the world. It's quite a global series. So this year we've been in New Zealand and Tasmania um, and Madeira already, other years we've been in um, Colombia, Chile, 
later this year, we've still got to go to Canada, America, um, Italy, France, um, and Switzerland, actually. So we get to see a lot of the world and just go to the top of the hills and ride down them as fast as we can. So <laughs> it's a pretty good, fun sport to do. Sounds like it. Awesome. So where in Canada are you going? Where in Canada? Um, we'll be in Whistler. Whistler, okay. That's uh, yeah. the other side of the country for me, but uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. people in Whistler will love it. But um, And uh, actually, in episode 39 of this podcast, I talked to Tim Vonderjoot, who is your the mm-hmm. sports marketing director. Is your, he's involved with uh, all the off-road teams, right? And, uh, yeah, he said all that, the teams, yeah. He said that you guys, you guys on Duro do everything, do like your... Your uh, your bike prep and uh, prep and say prep, but like if you have flat tires or you're you gotta take care of like on the course and stuff for the day, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. We just get sent out, so we could be out for up to seven hours um, at a time and not see any of our mechanics or anything like that. So we have to be pretty self sufficient out in the mountains doing doing our thing. And um, so, like if we're out for seven hours and stuff, racing might only be fifty minutes, but we've got to still be sufficient self-sufficient for that whole time so you know, that's all our food our bikes spares everything you've got to be ready in case the weather changes or you have an issue with the bike or you know you need more food or whatever you need to have it all with you i got a bike question this is not a concussion question now but a bike question mm. um in o2 i bike trust canada and we got a bunch yeah. of we got a bunch of flat tires and uh spokes and our spoke well my spokes broke a couple times so so how do you so what do you carry on you for the day? Like do you carry any tubes or tire and tires do you carry and do you carry any, any what do you do if you break if you snap a smoke? Do you do anything like um, so spoke wise, I don't carry anything for spokes. If they break then the wheels should be true enough to kind of last i think they'll be okay and oh, because he's, he's wrapped spoke around next book yeah exactly yeah. so it's pretty pretty okay and um, we've actually got these things that go that are called core and they are inserted in between the tire and the rim of the wheel and um, oh. to try and protect the tire oh, right. off the rim so it doesn't pinch or doesn't get cut and yeah. um, and then um i have these we've got sealant in there so there's no tube inside Oh, and the sealant yeah. essentially should heal, uh, should seal a hole that's in the tire, or you um, we've got these little poker things that you can poke into to the hole and seal the hole, and then you just pump it back up with the sealant, and then with the poker it should all be good. So okay, well, <laughs> thanks. And now so this year I've bring to the website, which I've linked in my description of this, but uh, you're so the you're you're injured in the first. The set the second the first leg first round second round second round first first leg is that right or something like that is like yeah second round first stage I only got a minute maybe into the first stage what is the, what does that mean what does a round stage mean like so you're so, so you ra- you raced like, one race in New Zealand right Rod- Rodanda right? yeah 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 so Rotorua okay. I raced that race that was five or six stages. Um, but they're all contained within one day, so we race okay. them all on the same day. You okay. start at ten o'clock, you finish at five, or whatever. Okay. But you go through all the various different stages. And the second round was in Tasmania, yeah. and what they actually did was we practiced stage one on Saturday morning, had a break, and then went straight up and did 
race stage one, and then the next day we would we would have done four, five, six stages, whatever it was. I don't even remember. <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah. So I didn't get to do it. Yeah. So then I practiced stage one, totally fine, and then went back up to race stage one, and then. So what happened on that? What what happened on that day? Well, so how'd you crash or board? What happened? I just I slipped on. I was on a, on top of a rock and I slipped off the rock basically and gouged out my leg as I yeah. tipped over and fell down. And just um, as I tipped over, I looked down and I was like, "Oh, it's not going to get out of this one." And just landed onto rocks, apparently on my head. I don't really remember that because my leg was really very yeah. very painful. That kind of took away from. Yeah, so the your leg was your main concern, was it? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But the real, you know, was the concussion that I sustained, it was actually the week before in Rotorua. I crashed okay. twice within a short space of time, fairly hard onto my head, um, sort of face first into the ground at quite a high mm. speed. Um, so I, already that week before Tasmania, I was um, not quite, just not quite right. Yeah. Um, and it, as you'll know from speaking to Tim, we, as Trek, are working with head check. Yeah. So my um, Swanier, James Rickles, well onto it with all the head stuff. So he was doing all the tests that you can do on the head check thing. Yeah. And um, just keeping an eye on me, checking, checking, checking. And then I basically just shouldn't have raced in Tasmania, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Um, but I wasn't, I don't think. I mean, that's why I crashed again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and your balance is out and just everything's just reacting a little bit slower and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it was less than ideal. So how how, but, was, your, yeah. how was your leg, for example, for the start with that? How was your oh, leg now? My leg now is healed, yeah. as with my head. So it's a good situation to be in. Yeah. But it, it was horrifically painful just because it was right on my shin and it, it basically was like a... Um, a cheese grater down my oh, chin kind of thing yeah Eesh. oh my gosh so painful I <laughs> yeah. thought I broke I like I felt like I knew I hadn't broken my leg but I felt like I should have broken my leg just to justify the amount of pain I was in because <laughs> it was just a scratch <laughs> oh. at the end of it I got four stitches in it and then once the swelling went down and stuff like that it was totally fine and it, yeah. he- it healed up really well and um, so yeah that was lucky but I guess it kind of took away from the head thing, but that's fine. So, I, mean, so, uh, I just so, couldn't believe how so painful did, it was. So you, you stopped racing that day, right? You stopped racing yeah. as soon as you were diagnosed with concussion or you just couldn't finish, you couldn't finish the stage because your injuries? Because my leg. leg was way too painful. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. even put weight through it or anything like that. Like I would have lost way too much time if I tried to start rolling down a hill yeah. because it was so swollen and stuff and it was bleeding a lot. Like it was bleeding heaps. So it wouldn't have been wise for me to carry on. And I think... I think I knew in myself that, you know, I'd had a massive crash. And I think yeah. when you've had a massive crash like that, you kind of are a little bit shaken up. Yeah. So the stage that we, I would have had to ride down was not a, an easy stage for sure. So it would have been a lot of different features. So we've got lots of different stuff like this particular place in Tasmania is very rocky. So there's a lot of rocks there. There's a lot of roots. It had just rained, so slippy. Um, mm. So the terrain is quite difficult regardless of whether you've got a scratched out leg or not. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, so you you, this, this race, when you were a concussion, you got your concussion, when was that? What, that was March 31st, end of March? Yeah. Yeah. End of March. 
The and second second last week in March, and then again, so I basically had six head hit, uh, three head hits within six days. Oh, right. yeah. So yeah. so uh, so how did you how did you feel? Like, do, do you remember? Can you do you remember how you felt exactly after the or the or I guess what you said your your leg was painting, so that was the your main concern. But yeah. uh, but say say on the the day after. The day after, I was actually pretty good. I think I was just glad to be okay. I knew that there was definitely no way that I was going to... There was no way I could race. Because no, like, I could have still raced if I wanted to, but there was no way I could put my body into that situation or that exertion or anything like that. So I guess yeah. there was some... You know, it's just a shock of it all. But it was really... You know, the week before is really when I felt the effects, I guess, of having hit my head. Because the first time I hit it when I was in Rotorua... Usually I can hit my head and I'm pretty much okay, but this time I hit it and I was like, "Oh, you've actually hit your head here." You know, like when you have, yeah, you can, you know, and I guess your body just tells you. It was like, "Oh, that was yeah. actually a good one." Don't do that again. Um, yeah, totally. And then yeah. I did do it again in the next run. Um, but so I just my like I just wasn't right that week on the lead up to Tasmania. So before I even had the leg smashing crash, I was just, you know, irritable. I was my energy was really low I was just you know my I was getting headaches but I didn't really because do you normally, do you normally stuff, get headaches? no like but I get sometimes I get a wee bit of a de- dehydration headache kind of just a wee bit yeah. of a squeeze but like it's I think as an athlete you're so used to pushing through pain and stuff like that so a mild dull pain really is Nothing. insignificant like yeah. it doesn't mean anything you know it's just like oh yeah it's just kind of there um, and then the week after Tasmania, like I felt fine. I was just all right. I was more concerned about my leg and all that. I um, did a bit of a run and like was quite not really active. I was having a rest week, but I was still wandering about and doing stuff and felt okay. And it wasn't kind of till the week after when I got back to Christchurch um, and sort of actually stopped. You know, when I was in, I stayed for, in Tasmania for another week and had a bit of a holiday. It wasn't until I actually stopped that I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I have got a constant headache. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I didn't realize I was just kind of trucking on. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I do. And I hadn't been driving when I was in Tanzania. And then I was driving when I got back to Christchurch. And I was like, oh, feels like somebody's squeezing my head when I'm driving. Mm. And then, like, turning from the counter to the, or from the fridge to the counter, just that spin, I would just lose it. And I was just like, oh. So like even it was just like just getting through the day was like a decent deal. And I was like, oh, this seems to be taking a lot more out of me than it usually does. <laughs> and that work. that lasted for about a week, you said. And um, the in Tasmania at least, and then you no, know, then you you know a week in Tasmania, then you got back to Christchurch. Yeah, and I was okay. It was almost like it took seven days before it really kind of hit me. Oh, there okay. seems to be a bit of a delay with me. Okay. With things like this, so and then I saw a doctor. So two weeks after the crash, I saw a doctor, and um, she could. She was not too worried about me. She was like, "You know, no, you're not. You're not particularly bad, but you're not right. Like you're not okay." Yeah. So, what we're gonna do is, I want you to stay here in New Zealand for and be treated by me for four weeks to make a full recovery because we don't want you traveling home in the jet lag. Yeah. Because obviously, jet lag has a you know, just this lack of sleep thing just has a huge effect on the body, brain, everything, regardless of your condition. Yeah. So that huge, we were like, like, let's just take that out, stay for four weeks, get treated by me, 
and then hopefully things will be, you know, things could be better by then. But at the moment, you just need to rest. And I came and it was, we were like, right, okay, come back in two weeks' time and we'll do this treadmill test to, um, basically, I guess it's just like a blood flow test to see how I respond to the change in the blood flow and see how that's responding in the body Um, and then start to reintroduce activity because although the brain needs to rest to recover, it also needs to do stuff to regenerate because otherwise you just get stuck in this state of sort of doing nothing. Yeah, and especially when you're used to doing a lot, like yeah, activity like or you know brain stimulation, everything like that. If you just take that away, then it's just going to be like, oh, yeah. What? <laughs> you know? So it initially needs that rest to have its recovery, and then uh, once it's had that, it needs to start to regenerate, but in a con- really controlled manner. So after the two weeks, I actually felt a lot better. I had proper rest, um, and I was able to do things again and, and I knew that I was okay again because I was like I was annoyed that I wasn't on my bike <laughs> yeah. and initially I was like I don't even want to be on my bike because I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. like it just would not be good I just knew that it was just not going to be okay like I was not right so um, you, didn't want to because, annoyed, you didn't want to be because you, you didn't want to be on your bike because you knew you wouldn't compete, compete well or you didn't or you didn't really didn't feel like it at all just didn't feel like you had the balance or that. I just I just knew that there was something not right and if I was on my bike I would not be responding properly basically yeah. I just okay. didn't think that gotcha. the body and brain were not talking quite right. right yet and I was like I don't even want to put myself in that situation because I'll crash again and I can't afford to crash again so well, yeah. I just need to rest I think your body just knows it just goes no 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 we just need you to do nothing for a wee bit longer yeah it's like <laughs> Yeah, I, Jared did nothing too. So I, I, I follow you on, on Instagram, which is mm. at Miss Win, Miss Winton at Miss mm-hmm. Winton, and on Instagram. And uh, you're you do started doing runs and lots of hikes <laughs> and stuff around just on Colin Christchurch, obviously. So yeah. So how many did you went to decide you could? How long were? How did you feel when you decided to, I'll take my first run or I'll do my first hike? How long do you um, think it was about? It was probably about three, two, three weeks once I'd done the treadmill test, and we found like because my I kind of went in, went in after two weeks after I'd seen the the doctor initially, and I kind of still had a headache. It was so dull; it was like a one out of ten, but it was still there. So then we did the treadmill test and ran, 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 and it, we basically worked to the point where I started to get more symptoms. So basically, like, my headache was just kind of there. And then it just suddenly, like, once I was working pretty hard, it just spread across my head. And then that was our signal, okay, right, stop. And now we work at 80% of that heart rate, and you're only allowed to go to that. So um, it was, like, 182 when my symptoms changed and got worse. Um, so we were working at a max heart rate of 150 when I was doing exercise from that point on. So this was like, okay, we can bring exercise in now, but you need to stay below 150 heart rate. Right. So I started going for easy road rides, started going for easy, it had to be very easy runs, which was incredibly frustrating because it's literally a very slow trot. Um, Do you like and then running? I was doing some hikes and stuff. Yeah, I love running. Oh, yeah? Absolutely love running. So, yeah. Never, never liked it. Would just give me Never a, liked it. Would just give but me a okay I, I can't do it. I can't do it now, so it's all right. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. It worked out well. Out for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah. So, okay. Um, I was going to ask you about that. And so, yeah, so, so I know, so now, as I mentioned earlier, you're back in Scotland now. So, yeah. you, and you just got back on Saturday, right? So, how, yeah. how is that? How is your, you mentioned earlier the jet lag and all that. So, yeah. how, how did you find that now, this time? Any difference? Totally or? fine. Like, no difference. Like, that's what I'm pleased about. I think we did, totally did the right thing, waiting, making sure that I was fully okay. So I actually gave myself six weeks from when I initially saw the doctor. So I'd have four weeks to get be better and then two weeks of being normal before I put myself in the situation of going through the jet lag. Went through the jet lag and I feel just as I normally would feel if That's I'd good. done this journey. So it's great. It's really good. And like I was riding my bike last week in uh, Christchurch on the in the bike park doing um, all the tracks I, was, I would do before no issues and actually feeling quite fast on the bike so I was just like sweet and you could like, push yourself like so good that we've waited this long that's you, could, you could push yourself like you could actually yeah 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 I could push and I felt like I was you know I was pushing fast as well you yeah. know I wasn't holding back on the descent that's what I mean, it's yeah. just nice yeah it's just really nice to kind of go there and feel like whole <laughs> yeah Same body we're all talking together we are working because you know you've got to react really quickly and stuff like that so if anything's just slightly out because was, um, I was working on my vestibular system because the, the balance and things were just slightly out you know uh, you yeah. can see it when she did this so she does the eye test and you know she's got her pen and she's moving it from side to side and my eyes were just slightly off Yeah. so we worked on the balance system and that seemed to just once that got a little bit more work and just a bit more training it seemed to just re- set everything a little bit more so that was really good yeah that's good actually well you sound like you know a lot about concussion now but i'm wondering how much did you know mm-hmm. about concussion before before the injury and be yeah so what have you learned about concussion since your injury and obviously you know mm-hmm. a lot know a lot just from vestibular and bounce tests from your professional cycling career but uh have you learned what have you learned about concussion per se a lot actually I didn't I, I didn't really know all that much about it before you know just to get sort of basics of you know if you hit your head you know yeah. take some time out or whatever you know the, the basics but actually um, on Instagram concussion doc so he's concussion underscore doc he's he's amazing like he's done loads of videos explaining actually what happens in the concussion and um, that it's not actually brain bruising any, they don't think it's brain bruising anymore. It's actually more to do with the brain wiggling. Um, I can explain. I can basically yeah, explain no, I've, I, I, I've seen, I've seen those so videos. Good. Yeah, I've seen those They're videos. So good, aren't they? They're good, yeah. His, his, oh, his last he thing. He explains it like, so well. Yeah. So that that's your that's your recommendation. Is it concussion underscore doc? Yeah, big time. If you go and check okay. out his page, and the everything is really easy to understand. The way he explains it, he draws pictures, so you really understand and everything. And just, you know, the, my biggest concern when I had this concussion, and really the doctors as well, was actually how many head hits I've had. Basically, in the last three and a half years, although they've not been diagnosed as full, 
I think this is the thing with a concussion. You don't need to be knocked out. It doesn't need to be an absolutely crazy mental no. cat crash. It can. No, it's it just that these head hits adding up, and I think I've had seven sort of concussions, undiagnosed, just under the radar. Yeah. In the last three and a half years. Cool. Wow. And so that was her concern because, and this is what the concussion doc talks about. Because so I was like, okay, so I've had a lot of concussion. Well, you know, potential concussions the last couple of years how many is too many you know yeah this is the first time i've had fully like actually had symptoms from hits that weren't really that bad and i'm like so at what point do i stop racing you know like does this mean i need to stop racing is this can i afford to have another hit and the concussion doc talks about it and he's like it's not so much about how many hits you've had but it's how well you recover between the hits yeah so you, so, want make, you want to make sure this time that you gave yourself a good recovery. Absolutely. Before yeah. I put myself a, in a position where I could hit my head again. So that's why I, I missed Madeira, which was a couple of weeks ago. That was the third round of the Enduro World Series. I missed that because there was no way. I, one, I wouldn't be fit or strong because I would have done nothing for ages. But also there's no way I was going to put myself at risk of crashing again that soon you know it's only four weeks after so yeah. I wanted to make sure that I had plenty of time and actually Trek the team I ride for they have been amazing in terms of their support and things they're just like nope you just come back when you're ready like you That's totally great. take the lead on this you know they're not putting pressure on me to come back which is brilliant because you know when That's you've got head injury stuff you're like you want to come back but you know, you're, you're constantly That's thinking about how you're feeling that you don't need to be more worried about getting back in a rush yeah. you want to make sure okay I've got time, I can relax, I can do this as long as it's going to take because you just don't know. It, each yeah. and everyone's different and each person's different. So it's important to have that time. So I'm really grateful for them for being so understanding and supportive of it, which is great. Have you always been like this wise and this about your about your, your <laughs> what you need to do or have you just, what, I guess because you kind of answered my, my next question was what have you learned from, from your concussion recovery journey but you can't answer it almost so you've seen a, yeah. you know a lot about yourself you know obviously as a pro athlete you know, must know a lot about yourself anyway but physically but uh have, what have you learned have you learned anything about yourself or about well yes yeah about yourself what have you learned that you think you think you didn't know before this injury resilience and here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What not? I think, um... Like, it's more just been, like, understanding my... Because my, I don't know what normal was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't pay attention to what normal is. Yeah, And so then you all of a sudden you've got this constant headache and you're like, but did I have a headache before? You know, like, did, it, did I just feel like this before? This is, and this because deep. people want to... Yeah, totally. Like, mm. does people... Mm. Just, just because people want to know how I am, that I'm all of a sudden thinking, I have a headache. I think yeah. I've got a headache because everybody thinks that I should have a headache. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that one, yeah. So yeah, totally. So you you think so, you've you've learned about yourself just that just you didn't know you didn't really pay attention to normal and now you and now if you know you know a lot about yourself how your body acts and how yeah, you definitely what just is normal choices. Yeah, you know, and actually this time taking a break away and letting myself fully recover is so much more valuable than getting back to racing like so yeah. much more valuable and i think yeah. that that's kind of the biggest thing that changed so in um 2017 2018 2018 in may i had a really massive smack to the head um on a rock and my helmet was really good at that time and it did it just like crumbled like an eggshell so it totally oh, yeah. dispersed all the energy it was amazing yeah and um, i didn't feel too bad after that I think that was actually the start, though. I think because I, I didn't rest properly after that, you know, I didn't have I didn't have the support because I, you know, I didn't know the doctors that I needed to know for to get concussion support in Scotland and stuff like that. I just kind of assumed, oh, in, in a week's time it should be better. Essentially, it should be, but with a head hit like that, it needs needs to be longer. I think I didn't get the full test. You know, I could just could have done with more screening. Yeah. And um, but that was when I had that hit. I kind of just my perspective just completely changed because I was just like I want to live the rest of my life you know I want to be able to do so much other stuff and I don't want to risk keeping hitting my head all the time yeah so I think it just changed the priorities in my mind it was just like you know what actually if racing if I'm going to keep hitting my head racing then it's not it's not sustainable for me um so it's nice to have gone through this experience and have that kind of real Sport. scare where I'm like, oh man, is this going to be me now? Yeah. And then come through it and recover and have that time to be like, okay, actually, we don't, you know, it's not a concussion problem. It's not the problem of hitting my head. It's actually the management of it and managing yeah. my recovery and managing the sort of just what I do after having a head hit and taking right. it more seriously, I think. Jeez, so. uh, you're, you're, you're a very, very sage young young lady. <laughs> to stand to sound sort of really, what's it called? What's the word for? I forget the word for. Very, yeah. 
But uh, that's our uh, that's our impressive thoughts about that. But uh, is there so is there anything is there anything else you'd like to say about your concussion recovery that you may not have said about that I have I haven't asked questions about? Um, well, so one of the biggest things actually was through diet. So I did a lot of um, to just try and just aid the recovery and everything like that. So amino acids are huge for just support in general life, but I was actually eating quite a lot of protein. So I was trying to get two grams per kilogram of protein um, per day um, just to try and support my system as much as possible. But I was also on supplements, magnesium, fish oil, vitamin D3 and creatine, which oh, yeah. I didn't know was actually a good support for brain function. Wow. Because, and I've written it down, because I was like, mm-hmm. I just read various mm-hmm. different things and then just was like, sweet, <laughs> enough enough professional people are telling me creatine's good, I'm just going to do it, you know, because the concussion doctor was talking about it, um, my nutritionist was talking about it, my other nutritionist was talking about it, so there's lots of people telling me. Um, so one of the biggest things with concussions is, as you, as you know, yeah. is the ATP deficit, yeah. so the energy in the energy Cells. molecule, ATP. Yeah. Um, you get that deficit, and the creatine helps prevent the AT depreciation, ATP. basically. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the ATP depreciation. depreciation, depletion, yeah. Um, so, but the, the thing with all of these things is I was, because we've gone UCI this year, I've just kind of been like, okay, I'm not taking, like, I don't want to go anywhere. I didn't really do supplements anyway. But I was just like, there's no way I'm going to do any supplements because just, you just don't know what's in anything anymore. Okay. Um, so I worked with my nutritionist and we we found some magnesium fish oil, vitamin D, C and the creatine that were all tested and, you know, should be free of anything. UCI approved and everything. Yeah, basically. Um, and so you, sorry, that, sorry okay. UCI is, is the, oh, cycling, yeah, so, the yeah. cycling body, the cycling... Yeah. Regulatory body, basically, well, the whole the yeah, main body. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, so we'll so we'll get drug tested at our races and stuff like that. So we can't have anything in our systems. Um, but the problem with that was that I started taking all these supplements once I'd had my concussion. And the whole thing is that if you've got your magnesiums up, your fish oils on, your D three, your vitamin D is up, you've got a baseline of creatine, then the system's already a better in a better place for if it does sustain a concussion because it's got all these stores and resources. Whereas yeah. if you sustain the concussion, concussion and then these stores are already low, then it's kind of like you're just already on a back foot. So um, that's something that is something I learned. So it's <laughs> to go. It goes. It's just, just trying to add that to your diet, are you? That's yeah, that's, what, that's another thing I learned, how important the, the supplements are, but also the importance of um, the protein as well with all the amino acids just to support the whole system to just working on healing and having the fuel that it needs in quality. Another thing that I learned because the other part of the diet was the, the low inflammatory. So I was off refined sugar, no alcohol, um, no smoking. So I had to give up smoking. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, that's I, did. Too bad. I don't smoke. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> um, and then I was off gluten and dairy and stuff, just anything that could cause any sort of inflammation in my body, I just cut it out anyway. So just to try and give everything as much of a chance as I could. So yes, nutrition, 
and diet are, are essential. They're very important to yeah, you know, see for you for you as an athlete mm-hmm. and also for concussion recovery or anybody who's just had concussion, no yeah, matter definitely. what the circumstances are. Mm-hmm. Do you use diet as well? Has oh, well, something that you? I I don't do in particular. Well, my diet is kind of weird now because I I was uh, I had cancer two years ago, colon cancer. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, so I uh, have my colon not fully removed, but like mostly a subtotal colectomy is what they called it. So most of my colon is gone. So wow. beef is out of my diet now because I doesn't doesn't digest well. So I'm on like right. But uh-huh. luckily I'm living Newfoundland, so fish is fantastic and t- fantastic. Oh, perfect! Yeah, plant plenty of it. So. Yeah, you know, fish and vegetables and and chicken, yeah. but uh, yeah, no beef and pork are basically out of my diet. But uh, that's not yeah. necessarily because of the brain injury. But I do feel a lot better. You know, it's weird. Like, you know, I feel better after after cancer and and now the chemotherapy is done. I feel better because <laughs> that's wow. been like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, that's great. And the fish is good. You've got fresh fish, fish everywhere all the time. Fish that's is fantastic. I'm thinking I should mm-hmm. see my window. Uh, a uh, uh, fish, fresh cod floats. Uh, so I mean, fresh the cod has been in since last week, and it's been it's been great. So the cod, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so I eat a lot, eat a lot of cod, or like mm-hmm. a couple times a week, and fish tacos mm-hmm. or anything. But they had nothing, nothing in particular that I love veg. I like avocado, but that doesn't that doesn't grow on trees here. I'll tell you that. Yeah, bet. <laughs> gotta bring, gotta bring, gotta get that shipped in, obviously. It's like avocados well, in Scotland. Yeah. I don't think you get much any avocados in Scotland, do you? You don't grow them we there. We do. Oh, yeah? No one grows them there, but we do get them. Actually, they're cheaper they don't in grow Scotland them. than you they don't... are in New Zealand. I can tell you that. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah? You don't grow <laughs> yeah, it's like... You don't grow them in Scotland, do you? Can you? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't, yeah. I don't think we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, so we don't get... We don't, there's not many... Well, there's obviously greenhouses and stuff, but there's no other little fresh, like mm-hmm. fresh vegetables and the, you know, obviously potatoes and stuff. Like I'm thinking, mm-hmm. the wet though, the climate in Newfoundland is much less southern, but not as lush. Mm. No, it's Newfoundland. Well, it's not as lush. It's more of a rock, more rocky. It's rockier, sorry. Ah, uh, okay. uh, good. It's the nickname for it's the rock, but uh, yeah, but um, so you know. Kind of know what the, our diets are probably similar. Well, yours is more personal athlete diet, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, actually, before we started this podcast, I asked you why did why would your how you got into cycling, your professional professional uh, professional cycling? How did you get into that? Like, what made track factor racing say we want Katie Winton on our team? Um, <laughs> basically, Tracy Mosley, who was the current world champion after three years, um, she's a British uh, female, amazing, absolutely amazing woman. She's got so much time for everybody and is so keen to she's encourage. So she's a champion in like what discipline of cycling? And uh, she's so she's world champion in downhill mountain biking. Okay. Um, world Cup champion several times in downhill, but she's been three times world like Enduro World Series champion. So she's a bit of a monster woman. She's um, absolutely amazing. Um, so she was coming to the end of her career, and it was just right place, right time, as with a lot of things. And she was, she basically was in my corner and telling Trek to sign me 
Nice. Um, you haven't disappointed. And so then they op- op- the opportunity opened up and nice. I got in. So You haven't disappointed because you're finishing well. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. good. I've been really yeah. pleased. The first year, the first year I um, moved from tenth to sixth, and I was a bit like, "Oh man!" Like I've been signed for this huge team, and I'm not improving on the trajectory that I wanted to. And um, but then the following year, that was me jumped up to third, which was insane. You know, I had my first podium yeah. in Ireland. I was second, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, yeah. wow, <laughs> we nice. can't actually nice. do this. You know, it, did, it was a lot of perseverance and a lot of resilience because I was yeah. just like in. 2016 when I, the first year I signed I was not going that well at all and I was a little bit like you know I had a couple of races where my preparation was perfect and I raced my heart out and I was still like seventh or something and I was just like maybe maybe because you, you never know when a team takes the risk on you you're taking a risk on yourself as well because yeah you don't know whether you're going to be good enough they don't know where you're going to be good enough you just lay it all down and see what happens and when I was coming seventh after laying it all down I was like oh man like Maybe this is it. So yeah. when I came back the following year and was actually performing and onto the podium, I was just like, wow. <laughs> Thank yeah. goodness. Because <laughs> this team's taking a risk and I'm actually able to give back. So Yeah, that's, 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 that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's some very impressive results for sure. So congrats. But before that, you were like, you were uh, just racing in Europe or in, like in Europe tours or, or uh, events? Like, how does that work? Sorry, is, so I raced I raced cross country for seven years till I was like nineteen. So in twenty thirteen, I moved to Enduro because the Enduro World Series started then, um, and Enduro is just way more fun than cross country. You know, cross country for those of the people that don't know is basically like a mass start race, um, and you race laps of a course which includes up and down, and yeah. it's off road, um. And it's just an hour and a half of pain, basically, yeah. which is great if you're going well and you're winning. But when you're not winning, it's just hellish. Yeah. So um, I was not having a great time with that. So I moved over to Enduro and just absolutely loved it. Just absolutely nice. loved it. I was just like, and I'd never wanted to be good at anything more than this. And so, nice. um, you know, when you just find your thing, you know, yeah. I was just like, sick, this is awesome. So nice. I started that and I was just working in a cafe and I was looking after kids after school and stuff just to like nice. um, get get the funds up and then was touring in Europe and then headed out to America and Canada for the round out there and just did the full series just to try and make my way up. And then it was um, tw- the end of 2015 when I signed with, with Trek. So Great, that's, that's awesome. awesome. So, uh, <laughs> This is darn cough still come back, but uh, <laughs> it's annoying. Anyway, um, hopefully clear up soon. But uh, just I guess before we sign off, then I um, mm-hmm. just wanted to ask you about uh, what's I want something about your uh... oh yeah, so yeah, the injuries you love it so much. So this now this is back to my bike in my days, I like, think. Yeah. Like, um, how like how fast can you can you change the tire? Do you think? And not that you time there were times, but like what or what's your uh, that question and uh-huh. what's your what what thing do you, I don't really hate fixing on the bike when you get a when you get like a I don't know a dented rim or like a or a flat or a flat or like your your chain snaps or something like what's your what's your um, nightmare? My nightmare. So changing a tire, I don't know how quick I can do it. No. I don't know how fast I can do it. I have not, like, I have absolutely no idea. So no. I couldn't even give you a ballpark. No, but you, <laughs> you, you, you know, I'll say it's faster than me. I do that. 
but my nightmare would be getting a puncture um, near the top of a stage and we've got those insert things in and they're actually just quite hard to get the out and then get the tyre off as well. So it's quite a bit of a mission. So then I would have to, I would ride all the way down the stage because those things protect the rim. Okay. And then I'd get, and that would be a nightmare because I'd just be like throwing away time. And then I'd get to the bottom and I'd have to try and fix it. So but, that but would that, probably be my but nightmare. If, if you had a flat tire and you're just riding and this, now this is totally sucking stuff, but like, if, <coughs> Jesus, stupid cough. Anyway, um, if you had a, you had a flat tire, if your bike was down to just like rubber in your rim, basically, would that, would that, yeah, would, would like that cold. hurt, would that like hurt your, when like your shock and your, your arm or your butt, depending on where the, uh, where the flat was, but uh, would that, would you find that like painful, jarring on your, um, I don't know, because touch wood, that's not happened. No. So, and <laughs> mm. um, you just, you just, like, I have had a flat on the front of my bike, um, and that was at the top of the stage and had to ride all the way to the bottom of the stage, and it yeah. didn't have a, it didn't have an insert in. If it's got the insert in, it does protect the rim a lot more, so yeah. you can ride quite normally, but when it doesn't, and you're just riding on the lip, what's that? You can ride aggressively on that? I think you can ride pretty aggressively on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the front one, the front one's a little bit easier because you can just kind of put your weight back and just slide around right, a little bit. Right, right, Um But it's the rolling speed that's a pain when you have a flat because uh, you can't, you obviously don't roll as quick. So if you get that at the top of a stage, it's very strange because you've got to get all the way to the bottom, really. <laughs> so that's the best thing to do is to get to the bottom before you do anything about it because if you start doing it and it takes absolutely ages, the time that you're going to, you're just, you're just going to lose even more time. You better just pummel it to the bottom and then fix it at the bottom. Right. And hopefully the rim's okay. <laughs> right. And actually, one last question about the, uh, the Enduro World Series. So you said, so the rounds and stages, so what's, so you were in, in New Zealand and Tasmania. Yeah. That was a round or a stage. How does that work? What's your, what, so what's that? Around, what's that? I, I'm calling a round as an event. So an event is Rotorua was an event. Okay, okay. Tasmania was an event. And has stages and then, within there? What's that? And there are stages within that round? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So t- Rotorua is a round. It's round one. So it's like event one. And it had five stages. Okay. Within that race. So the race was five stages long. Okay. And then in Tasmania, it was five stages long. And then in... Madeira, it was nine stages long, but over two days. Okay. And that was round three. And next round is is where? Um, is Canizzi in Italy, which is in oh. the Dolomites. Absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah? When's that? Um, that is the end of June. Ah, cool. Hopefully <laughs> there's winter. I guess it's cold in the Dolomites, but not too cold in Italy, so it's probably mild. There's, yeah, there's, well, it just depends what's happening in the mountains. It can be pretty unpredictable. So. Yeah. Well, thank you what so much. This, well, you know, hopefully you'll see. Um, well, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for, for being on this podcast. This is a, a, a long one, but it was a great one. And you're just, you really know what you're doing and what you want out of this recovery and, and this season and just your whole career in cycling. So it's very impressive. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) 
Alright, thanks. As always, music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.